This episode is brought to you by Viore. I love sports. I know you do too. I also know that lots of you exercise, but if you're like me and my wife, the, the beloved sports gal, you're sick and tired of ugly, uncomfortable workout gear, especially, you know, I do a lot of walking. I walk around LA. I make calls. I listen to podcasts. Here are two words that will change everything. Viore clothing, a line of activewear that is unbelievable. The best thing about Viore is you can lounge around in it. You can work out in it. You can go outside. You can go shopping down in your local wherever. And you never feel like you're either underdressed or overdressed. You're just comfortable. You can wear it when you're training, traveling, lounging around the house. Go get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet. Here's the deal. Our listeners get 20% off their first purchase at viore.com slash Simmons. Once again, V-U-O-R-I.com slash Simmons. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. Welcome to Through the Ringer. I'm your host, Tate Frazier, and it is Friday, so you know what that means. Nora is on the line, and she is here, and the wall behind her is looking beautiful, not barren, beautiful. Nora, great to see you. Hi, Tate. Uh, (laughs) This afternoon, not long after we log off of this, Mm. I'm going to walk across the street to the framing store on my block and pick up a large... A large framed photograph. I actually, I had it on Instagram at the framing store like a week ago. I don't know if you saw it or maybe it was two I, weeks ago. I, don't I know, did whatever. see it we're and I was getting very it. excited. I swear we're working on it. I think it's happening and I believe. And uh, in the NFL, we're working on things all the time. All these teams are improving and I got the power ranking. So let's talk about the top. We got the 49ers right now. They're nine and three, but they dominate the Eagles. Now they're number one in the ringers power rankings. We got our Ravens. I'm going to say our Ravens moving forward right our there Ravens. at number two. Ravens also. Flock. Yeah, you know, I got some breathing room in the AFC North, so we'd love to see that. Then we got the Eagles there at 10 and 2. The Cowboys, obviously, in the same division there in the NFC East. And then the Chiefs there at number five. Can we just start with the 49ers? Because I saw Steve Young today was talking on the radio about how, like, they're just better than everybody. I mean, there's a lot of confidence coming out of the Bay Area right now. What are our thoughts on the Niners at large? And is Brock Purdy's MVP campaign starting to pick up steam? Oh, no. It's Can happening. I just- May I recuse myself from the Brock Purdy MVP <laughs> I, MVP I conversation? Fair. It feels like we're in this place where we can't have the two, like this always happens in sports arguments where there are two sides having different arguments where the the like pro-Brock Purdy people are having this argument that's like, people are saying Brock Purdy sucks. Mm-hmm. 
And then the quote unquote Brock Purdy sucks are like, people are like, Brock Purdy doesn't suck. He's just not the MVP. And everyone's talking past each other and everyone's yelling. And honestly, like, that's, I think, evocative of a lot of people's like holiday tables with extended family. So maybe it's yeah. just good practice. I don't know. I think know. Thanksgiving Bro- got people in the mood to yell. You know what I mean? They got together yeah. and they said, it's time. Like, this, Brock <laughs> this, this is our fine. first quarter. Yeah, Brock right. Purdy's doing a good job. It's a good quarterback. Like, um, so my thoughts on the 49ers, is what you actually asked. Yes, please. Uh, de- the most dominant team in the NFL. I am so curious for that 49ers-Ravens game that's coming up in, in a little over a week. Uh, it is just, those are, are the two most complete teams in the league. Right now, if I had to pick a Super Bowl matchup, that's that's what I would predict. But mm. we get to see them play in the regular season. And I'm just so fascinated to see that game because the, the 49ers are definitely my top team. But I do think that Baltimore is the most intriguing matchup. And I and that's a game that I can see going going either way. So glad to have those two teams at the top of the power rankings. Uh, still feeling really good about our Ravens. But right now, San Francisco, they're just firing on all cylinders. Yeah, and Vegas really believes in this team. Um, obviously, they gave the Eagles two and a half points at home. The Eagles needed more like 25 points in that game to be able to cover that line. Um, and then this week, they're going to be at home and they have a divisional rival coming down the Seahawks and 10 and a half is the line. So that is uh, the respect that Vegas is giving these 49ers right now. So they, they've they earned the spot, I think, number one in the power rankings. No qualms here. I'm not upset. I'm actually uh, tip of the cap to everyone at the ringer. Uh, who put that together. Shout out to you, Nora, for your votes. I'm sure you had them there. Let's talk about the Eagles and the Cowboys. Um, Cowboys minus three and a half in this game at home. Um, this is pretty much like who's the best in the NFC, right? This is the this is our big takeaway after this game. And maybe some MVP implications as well. Hurts versus Dak. Who's going to end up being the guy in the NFC? How do we feel about this matchup? I'm really curious. You know, I, I wish Hurts... Uh, who seems to be a little injured right now. I wish that weren't part of the conversation just because it would be really nice to get a clean picture of these two teams going up against each other. Mm-hmm. But with the way that Dak Prescott is playing right now, I actually might give the slight edge to the Cowboys. I, I don't know if I don't know if I'll feel that way over the course of the entire season. I'm I'm pretty happy with the Eagles being ahead of Dallas in the power rankings sort of overall. But right now, it just feels like that Dallas team is so hot and Dak is playing so well that if I were Philly, I would be pretty nervous about this one. Yeah, and I feel like the Cowboys, as much as they have dominated the bad teams and had these big blowout wins, it does feel like they need to be a quote-unquote contender so they can say to themselves, we actually are in the mix here. We're not just third fiddle to San Francisco and Philadelphia. We actually are in the mix because the Niners game, obviously, early in the season uh, was not encouraging, to say the least. So uh, this will be a showdown in the NFC. We're excited about that. We mentioned the Ravens. They have the Rams. Rams coming to Baltimore. Uh, Ravens right now plus 270 to win the AFC. The Chiefs are the favorite at plus 220. Do you and I have a little steam here where we believe the Ravens will end up winning the AFC? Because I, I feel kind of good about that right now, Nora. I do too. I really do too. I, mm. and there's a there's a report out um, just this afternoon, actually, as we're taping this, that Lamar Jackson missed at least the start of a practice in Baltimore. I don't know if there's been an update on that yet. Um, he's just I resting will up. Say, I think he's okay. It, my my initial thought always with with Lamar suddenly being out of a random practice is just like that guy gets a gets a cold or a stomach flu like once a year. 
Mm-hmm. So maybe let's give him a break. He's just um, like us. He, every everybody gets like sick. Us. Yeah, this is the time of year. People get sick. You get the flu. We you get, get the yeah. sniffles. Right. You know, a little tummy ache. It's it happens. Um. <laughs> so as as long as that is the case, as long as he's healthy, I I just think they're so impressive. I think they've shown a lot more, um, than Kansas City has offensively over the course of the year, and that defense is among the best in the league. So yeah. you know you want to see them avoid the late season injuries that have really hurt them in, in years past, but I really believe in them. I think the Ravens, I think this is their year to get over the hump. So uh, I, I'm not backing down on that opinion. You mentioned, you mentioned the chiefs. Let's talk bills at chiefs uh, chiefs minus one and a half in this game. I have to ask who do you trust more right now? Nora, Pat Mahomes or Josh Allen, because uh, you know, both these guys are our darling quarterbacks. We all love them. They're they're the all American quarterbacks right now in the sport. Um, and they go head to head this weekend. Josh Allen needs a big win, and Pat Mahomes needs to get this team uh, back on track. Who do I trust within the context of of their current offenses to score yeah. thirty points? Uh, honestly, Josh Allen. Wow. That said, who do I trust? The Chiefs or the Bills, who are just like one big media firestorm story after another. They can't get through the day without something just absolutely ridiculous or depressing or upsetting or confusing or just weird happening in Buffalo. Like, I, I don't know. I I wouldn't feel comfortable putting a lot at stake on the Buffalo Bills right now to just take care of business, even though I am desperately hoping that that team will find a way to win some games down the stretch because they're a better team than some of the other wild card options in the AFC. It would be great to have Josh Allen in the playoffs, uh, but against a really quality opponent, I'm, I'm just nervous about them being able to get it done. Yeah, I understand that. Uh, I understand your reservations there. That makes sense. I do want to talk about one team not in the top five that some fans would say, look at the records. They should be in the conversation. Of course, I'm talking about Ace Ventura's favorite team, the Miami Dolphins. And uh, everyone loves Mike McDaniel. The hard knocks in season uh, is sweeping the nation. People are talking about this team, but they are not in the top five. Do you think Miami has a case to be in the top five? And do you think Miami has kind of uh, kind of under the radar shown that they still are a contender this year? I think Miami's a contender. I think Miami is one of the the group of teams that can win the Super Bowl. I just think that group is six or seven, and they're not better than any of the five teams that are that are above them. Mm. That's a very fair point. And uh, shout out to all the Dolphins fans that are getting upset that they're not in the top five. But maybe it's better to be under the radar. They do have Monday Night Football uh, going against the the Titans. So that'll be a game uh, to watch. I don't know what else to highlight about that game, but we will be watching Will Levis versus Tua. So that should be some fun. Um, I like the top five, though, Nora. There was a time this season where I thought we were, you know, going to have, you know, big arguments. Um, I was going to get, I was going to, yeah, I was going to storm out and be upset about the Ringer Power Rankings. But right now, the top five, I really like, and uh, I feel like we've kind of got a got an idea what this season's going to look like. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we are going to talk about Zach Wilson being fired up to actually start for the New York Jets. How much do we believe him? And of course, Aaron Rodgers, because we have to talk about Aaron Rodgers. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Viore. I love sports. I know you do too. I also know that lots of you exercise, but if you're like me and my wife, the the beloved sports gal, 
you're sick and tired of ugly, uncomfortable workout gear, especially, you know, I do a lot of walking. I walk around LA, I make calls, I listen to podcasts. Here are two words that will change everything. Viore clothing, a line of activewear that is unbelievable. The best thing about Viore is you can lounge around in it, you can work out in it, you can go outside, you can go shopping down in your local wherever, and you never feel like you're either underdressed or overdressed. You're just comfortable. You can wear it when you're training, traveling, lounging around the house. Go get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet. Here's the deal. Our listeners get 20% off their first purchase at viori.com slash Simmons. Once again, V-U-O-R-I.com slash Simmons. Welcome back to Through the Ringer. We're still here with Nora and we're talking NFL storylines. And he is one of my favorite people to talk about. No, I'm not talking about Aaron Rodgers. I'm talking about Zach Wilson. And Zach Wilson, after some uh, some comments about him not wanting to be the starting quarterback anymore in New York, it sounds like he is quote unquote fired up to start against the Texans. Buy or sell this, Nora. Do you believe Zach Wilson is fired up to start again for the New York Jets? Uh I do not believe. I believe that Zach Wilson has agreed to start again for the New York yes. Jets. I do not believe that he is fired up about it. I can't imagine what that conversation looks like. Uh, you know, they've obviously had a lot of conversations with Zach Wilson. There was reports that he was charting his new path um, post New York Jets. So how do you how do you get a guy to buy back in who allegedly was leaking reports that he was all the way out? And like, what, what does that even look like? Do we think that Zach Wilson can inspire some hope again? Like, is there, how many chances does Zach Wilson get? I get with the, I guess with the New York jets. Well, the weirdest part of that whole story cycle was that Zach Wilson, um, or at least there was a report through Zach Wilson's intermediaries that he would entertain or, or he would think about starting again. If the jets asked him directly which then brought up the question, who was asking him? <laughs> or how were the, were the Jets asking him indirectly? Or had they yes. not asked him? It, See, these are the good questions. This is what I need. I, I need Nora. Yeah, you're 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 cutting to the chase on this whole thing. I mean that that's what I I'm confused about. And Aaron Rodgers also he he had some quotes on this on the McAfee show. He said, "quote That's a problem with the organization. We need to get to the bottom of whatever this is coming from. Whatever this is coming from, not whoever, but whatever this is coming from, and put a stop to it privately because there's no place in a winning culture where and this isn't the only time there's been a bunch of other leaks. So Aaron Rodgers fired up about the leak." He's really, yeah, Aaron Rodgers, who's played four snaps for this team in his entire career. Right. He's like, we got to get our culture together, guys. This is a championship culture. Let's lock it up. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't really know wh- how and why this is continuing to happen, but it does feel like we're a bit on a roller coaster with this whole storyline of the New York Jets. I mean, does it feel static and stagnant at this point for you, Nora? Because from the outside looking in, from my bird's eye view, it definitely does. They're four and eight. Like this <laughs> right. is the ridiculous. The leaks don't matter. The leaks, the whatever, like none of it matters. This team is not going to make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Zach Wilson is pretty irrelevant to the future of the New York Jets. They're just everyone is hanging out for the next month before they can go home. But because 
of Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Rodgers' weekly paid appearance on the McAfee show and, and his just like constant need for attention, it has to be this whole big hullabaloo, which I mean, look, I am a total outsider, but that to me seems as destructive to a winning culture than like someone texting Diana Rossini. Mm-hmm. And it, it just like it no one there can resist being part of a a kerfuffle on a weekly basis. It is just always something they have managed to make themselves a story every single week of the season that is going to end with the Jets being a mostly non-competitive football team. And and I would argue that if I were part of a non-competitive organization, I would want the spotlight as far away from me as possible. I would want to just like, let's let's get them next year. Let's see if that can, can work out a little better. And somehow it's like Tim Boyle and Zach Wilson doesn't want to start. And now he's going to. And Rodgers is, is slinging arrows. And we're paying all of this attention. And the team is not even going to come close to sniffing the, the postseason. It's just it, like, it is miraculous. It is the jetsiest thing in the world. The Giants, the Giants have the same record as, as the Jets. Both New York teams are four and eight. There's not a lot to compliment about the New York Giants right now, but the stories around the Giants are like, Tommy DeVito, he loves chicken <laughs> cutlets. He lives right. with his mom. And then the Jets, it's like everybody hates each other. And Zach Wilson is refusing to start for the team. I don't know how they pulled this off. It does seem toxic. Like where Tommy DeVito and like that heartwarming story is like a nice change of pace for New York media. It does feel like at the beginning of the season, and we all saw it with Hard Knocks, it was like a decision was made. We will cover the Jets like a championship team, even though we've never seen that at any level. And we continue to hold them to that standard. And when they try to draw back to their championship run, we all say, oh, that's right. This is the first year of Aaron Rodgers being there. But that's the way that they've been covered. There's been no pivot. Um, It has been nonstop. And like you said, it's a different headline every single a week and it is by design um and as much as like it kind of reminds me you know Dion sanders was like i need some privacy but he said it to people yeah. magazine like i've never heard someone <laughs> say i need privacy to people magazine i mean that is really that is the best example because here's the thing there's no shame in this yeah mm-hmm. they're four and eight they're not a good team the star quarterback who they pinned their season's hopes on got hurt four snaps into the year which of is unfortunate. It didn't go right. well. Yeah. Just retreat into the background. Try mm. to get him next year. There is no like this just it doesn't end well when the quarterback ruptures his Achilles in week one. Just have the sense to accept that and just retreat. Come back next September and try to do it. But they cannot give up the spotlight. They can't let it go, and uh, we're seeing that in real time. Do you think they have a new head coach next season? Do you think the Jets move on? Because that is another topic of conversation. I really don't. Um, I I think especially that defense, they love Salah. I I think Mm -hmm. there would be a really, like, I think if they made a decision like that, they would be close to in danger of, like, a locker room mutiny. 
Well, there you have it. Uh, I th- I think we have uh, the Jets will have some continuity there. Uh, we think with the head coaching position. Um, let's talk about a place that is trying to figure out who their next head coach is. There have been some reports that Ben Johnson, the offensive coordinator for the Detroit Lions, uh, is in the running for the Carolina Panthers job, and that apparently he has been getting some texts or messages, whatever it is, uh, basically saying that it is a toxic workplace and they, that he should watch out if he wants to go there. I don't know how much any of this is true, but just in in general, do you think Ben Johnson? to the Panthers. Do you like the sound of that? Because a lot of people, uh, you know, Ben Solak, for example, wrote a great piece about him uh, and how revolutionary he's been there in Detroit. Do you think that would be a good fit for Bryce Young and the Panthers moving forward? Uh, or are you worried about these toxic re- toxic reports? Because it's giving very Washington Commanders vibes, to say the <laughs> least. I would. I mean, I like it for the Panthers. They, they liked him last year. Um I think we talked about this at one point. I think it's a little yeah. overstated. He said how no, much right? Like they, they asked them. him to interview and he said no. So that, he that's did say no. And they were the team that was coming on the strongest, but he said no to a bunch of teams. He mm-hmm. said no to a bunch of interviews. I think he did one interview with the Panthers and then declined to go in person for an interview. And at the same time, just took his name out of the running um, for any head coaching vacancies, said he wanted to stay in Detroit and give it at least another year. So it it definitely did seem like he was saying no to Carolina, but he was saying no to other teams too. So I think taking that as as clear evidence that there's that what was motivating him was I don't want to work for David Tepper. I don't want to work in in Carolina is maybe a little overstated. I'm speaking of the Panthers, that means we're talking tanking and the Panthers and the Patriots, even though the bears have the Panthers pick, obviously they're getting, you know, I'm, I'm wondering if there is a world in which the Patriots end up with the number one pick Nora. And if that were the case, I immediately go to the hypothetical of Caleb Williams and Bill Belichick. Does that marriage work? Like, does that seem possible? Um, Have you started to think about this? How real is this? Jane, I I don't think it seems that possible because I just don't think that there's really any remaining chance that Bill Belichick is in New England next year. So Caleb Williams on the Patriots, totally within the realm of possibility. Mm, That is wild. I I, I can't believe that's the world we're in. Yeah, I just, I don't, I think we're at the end of the line. Like, it seems like the reason, you know, I think they would never fire him midseason for a couple of reasons. I think part of it is just respect. I think part of it is also there's still a solid chance that they could get some trade compensation for Belichick. And if you're the crafts, if you can work a, a trade where you get something in return, get a draft pick, also have an opportunity to sort of negotiate um, who's paying what in terms of the salary, because that's a very high number for Bill Belichick. And you can make it look a little bit respectable. I think you're really excited about that possibility. And you do have the last month of the season to hope a team, hope another owner makes a call and says, hey, what would that look like? What could we what could we work out here? We don't want to give up a lot in terms of the draft capital, but we could pay him. Or maybe it's an organization like the Chargers that doesn't like to spend a lot of money on on head coach and they might say something different like we'll give you a good draft pick but we need you to pick up x amount of the salary. Mm-hmm. I think if you're Robert Kraft you really want something like that to happen. Um so I I, I don't think he's going anywhere until the end of the year but I, I just don't think he's the guy that they're going to want working with. You know whether it's Caleb Williams or Drake May like look at CJ Stroud, right? You can be very happy 
with the number two pick. So the difference between one and two to me is is not such a big deal. It's just whoever the young quarterback is. I, I don't think the current coaching staff is going to be developing that person. So let's say the Chargers call. They say, we're, I don't even know. NFL trades are so weird. They're like, let's give you Joey Bosa. And instead of draft picks, we'll give you Joey Bosa, second round pick. And then you give us Bill Belichick. He's our coach. Who who does New England go to? Uh, you know, like who is the first phone call? Who's the ideal? Who's the dream candidate to follow Bill Belichick? Because that's not an easy task either. You know what I mean? When you think about all the coaches that are out there, one name I would be interested in just, just as an idea. What about Kyle Shanahan? Could they call him and say, we want you. You're the best. We want you to come to New England. England? Uh, I mean, they can call. <laughs> they yeah, can, they right. Can, they, can, they can go for it. They can try. Um, I mean, that would have to be another trade situation. I'm just intrigued. Like, what's who's the answer after Bill Belichick? Are we, right, are we doing like a three-team trade where Joey Bosa somehow ends up on the 49ers and Kyle Shanahan's coach of the Patriots no. and Bill Belichick's <laughs> coach of the Chargers. And Maybe. I, love it. I, I, don't, I don't know. How, I've, every NFL trade, I'm like, I don't, that doesn't make any sense to me uh, as far as value. It'll be like a guy I just saw have 17 sacks. He got traded for a six-rounder. And then it'll be like <laughs> the worst quarterback I've ever seen got traded for a second-rounder. I, I, you know what I mean? I, every single time I'm like that in my mind doesn't it's translate. Just making it up. Everyone's just making yeah. it up as they go along. Um, <laughs> Patriots coach. I think the, the best bet right now would be Gerard Mayo. Who's a guy mm. who they had meetings with last year when he was getting calls about his own ability to take another head coaching job somewhere else. And at least to my understanding, he sat down with the crafts and there was a discussion about him staying on and without any, any guarantees, but there was an idea that there was a path towards his being elevated in that organization in some way. Um, Gerard Mayo is a guy with an incredible reputation, great player, really, really personable guys. Love him. He's had success in obviously in in football but also in media also in um in just business outside of sports so he's someone who you know ev- everything he touches seems to go pretty well that said i do think that there's a question there of do you want to after the latest results do you want to take someone who was kind of raised as a football person by bill belichick does that feel good Mm-hmm. When some of the problems with the current Patriots, I do think stem from that type of leadership style being a little outdated. And now maybe Gerard Mayo, maybe you just maybe they know him well enough to know that it's a little bit different. Maybe the fact that he did play and he's been in the room and he knows that that kind of mindset, maybe that makes it a little bit different. I just I think he's he's the guy that they have their eye on. But I also think that there needs to be a serious discussion about would it be a better idea, especially with a young quarterback, to try something that's a little bit more of a departure and particularly someone who might be a little bit more offensive minded. Yeah, as the world turns in New England. I mean, you, Brady no more, Belichick no more. Um, who would have thought that's the world we live in? But that's where we are. We're going to take a quick quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about the $22 million man down in Jacksonville. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. 
When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. Welcome back to Through the Ringer. We have one more story that we must talk about with Nora. We love throwing out these wild, insane stories, and we say, Nora, please make sense of this. Please try to debunk this as best we can. And there's a story coming out from The Athletic about a Jaguars employee, Mr. Patel, who allegedly used $22 million he stole from the team to purchase a condo, a new Tesla Model 3, a Nissan pickup truck, a $95,000 watch, some uh, NFTs, and a country club membership. He, quote, entered completely fictitious transactions that might sound plausible, but that never actually occurred. And uh, now he has the FBI in his backyard trying to figure out what he did and what he took from the Jacksonville Jaguars. What in the world is going on, Nora? This is the most Florida story I think I've ever seen. You you said the $22 million man in Jacksonville, and I immediately went to um, the Jaguars contracts page on Spotrack and was just trying to find like the worst player on a $22 million contract they have. They're actually, I mean, I don't know. Maybe there's a Zay Jones joke there somewhere, but he doesn't Mm. deserve that. Josh Allen, four years, 22. No, Josh Allen is good. Josh Josh Allen Allen is great. Josh Allen is, is, is giving them every penny. Um, yeah, this is super wacky. Uh, (laughs) the funniest part about this story is the way that he did it. The description of this, um, remote credit card program, I think it was called, that this guy ran, was basically just... (laughs) If you're an employee, you can can apply for um, a a business credit card number to be able to use. But it was like, this guy, he was the person who started the program. He was the person who managed the program. He was just like in charge of everything. Um, Said I got my own system that I use. You guys should sign up for it. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Yeah, it's great. Uh, I I would be remiss to mention. (laughs) What's your your social again? Yeah, send that over. (laughs) (laughs) What's your mother's maiden name? Yeah, right. The the street you grew up on? Uh, (laughs) Hey, Doug Peterson, I'm just just curious. Did did you have a childhood pet? And if so, what was that pet's name? Of course, um, had to ask. There's like a there's a Chiefsaholic vibe to this. Mm-hmm. Just curious if anyone's seen those two guys in in the same room at the same time. Um, what are the, these scandals like? The NFL now, like, there's always some sort of like story or scandal or whatever you know under the underneath the scene that you hear, and you're just like, this is crazy. Like, how how did this happen? And this was found out in February. You know what I mean? Like we we find we find this out however many months later. That's the other crazy part. Scammers are everywhere, Tate. <laughs> Shout out to, yeah, Catch Me If You Can. Great movie. Uh, all the con artists that are out there. I, I don't know how they're getting away with it. But <laughs> I, I do think when you spend $95,000 on a watch, um, I think that's going to get some attention of some people, especially if you just work for the Jaguars, right? I mean, when you have more right. money the, the, than the, the players. The biggest news, piece of news here was that the Jaguars <laughs> have $22 million laying around. Right. Like, can they yeah. even pay that that credit card statement? I mean, I guess they paid Urban Meyer, but yeah, talk about a scam. 
Yeah, that's, I, I saw a lot of Jags fans. That was a lot of the comments was basically like still a better, you know, signing than Urban Meyer <laughs> as far as Mr. Patel and his time with the Jaguars. So if anything, he's become a cult hero. He's not even like, so, they're not even mad at him. They're just impressed. People love a scammer. <laughs> yes, that is true. Uh, shout out to shout out to all the people out there in Jacksonville, the good people that are not scamming. We appreciate them for for holding it down. Also, Trevor Lawrence had injury, not as bad as it looked in real time. Um, the you know Hendrickson was freaking out like something bad happened. Even Trevor Lawrence seemed like he was you know freaking out. But we saw him walking in the tunnel. He looked great today. Yes, we around. saw him walking into the tunnel. This That's organization true. that can't afford a golf cart. Right now he, we know he why. Said, he said that he turned he turned down the golf cart. I did see his press conference. He said he turned down the golf cart because he wanted to walk it off. I think he scared himself. And I said this. We were watching uh, at, at Ringer HQ down at Spotify. And Sal, when we first saw it, I was like, when he saw Hendrickson praying and reacting the way he did because of how it looked, I think that scared him, too, because he's like, this is terrible. I, I can't even look at what it is. And then when he stood up, he was like, oh, okay. My foot is here. It has not been torn off. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like he slowly like started to be like, okay, it's not as bad as I thought because I mean, it looked really bad, but luckily it wasn't that bad. And uh, shout out to all the Jags fans. Their quarterback is healthy, and that's a big deal when it comes to the NFL because we have a whole lot of backup quarterbacks. Nora, where can we find all your amazing work at The Ringer? Thanks so much for coming on the show as always. TheRinger.com. Yes. Every single album. Yes. Uh, Shout out to Taylor. The Ringer NFL show, Dual Threat, on two two days a week with Stephen Ruiz. Uh, CJ Beathard, by the way, two years, four and a half million. So uh, well shy of the damage Mr. Patel did in Jackson. Yeah, he's not going to be able to buy as many NFTs with that kind of salary. So uh, poor CJ Beathard. Uh, and luckily, he doesn't have to play, Nora. So he still has the best job in the world, backup quarterback. So we'd love to see that. Uh, appreciate you joining the, joining the show as always. And we'll see you next week. Anytime, Tate. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Welcome back to Through the Ringer. Joining us now right after the Lakers and Pelicans just wrapped. You know him from Real Ones. You know him from the Ringer at large. He is Logan Murdoch. Good to see you, man. Long time no see. I know, man. I wish he was out here, bro. Every time we go to Vegas, we make magic, man. You know how it goes. Yeah, last time we were there, uh, myself, you, and Tyler Parker had some TV magic. We had we had some moments there. We had some great times, and uh, wish I was there in the building. But um, it looked electric. Let's start there because I want to get your thoughts. Boots on the ground. What did you see in the building? Uh, did it have an energy? Did it have an electricity? Um, can, can you just give an update for the people that weren't in the building? What it was like to be there? I think overall, it was a really great night for the NBA in terms Good. of energy. In terms of uh, overall play, you know, you got some moments that we're going to talk about in a minute with Tyrese Halliburton. He's probably the player of the night. Um, and then you got to see LeBron James on the biggest stage uh, so far in this NBA season and his Lakers just annihilate the Pelicans. 
But in terms of just outward environment, in the beginning, it was a two o'clock local game. The Pacers, uh, the Pacers Bucks game was a, was was an early game, so you kind of seen fans trickle in at, at the start. It seemed like a bit of a summer league atmosphere, and then you see <laughs> right. fans start to trickle in. And by the end, when Tyrese uh, kind of displayed his magic. That's when the energy started to come in. You saw a lot more people in the building. You saw a lot more people in the game. And then you saw an upset. And mm. that got the, that the uh, semifinals off just right. So overall, I think it was a great day for the NBA. You had a lot of legends in the building. But like every other timeout, they were highlighting a, a legend. You saw Shaq, Mitch Richmond, Gary Payton. Uh, Dr. J was in the building. It, yeah. was, you know, it, was a lot of, it was like a walking baseball card. It was really, really <laughs> nice to, to, to uh, see everybody. But... The, the, it was a great first night uh, in Vegas for the, for the NBA, and the, you know the league should be proud of itself. It was really it was a really good night overall. I think. I know you're Bay Area because you bring up Mitch Richmond. Shout out to Run TMC there. I love to hear that. Love to see that. Um, I want to talk about Tyrese Halliburton because Rick Carlisle after the game said, "Quote: Tyrese is just one of those transcendent players. With him on the court, anything is possible." In this game tonight, 27 points, 15 assists, seven rebounds, but the main thing: zero turnovers. Um, what impressed you the most about what you saw from Halliburton tonight? I just think he has a constructive arrogance. You know, mm-hmm. and he knows how to meet the moment. <laughs> you know, he knows that he can be one of the best players on the floor, if not the best player on the floor on any given night. And he has the confidence in himself to go through with it, right? Because the big, the big play of the night was a step back three to seal it, right. right? But there was a, but there was a step back before that that he missed that everybody in the building thought was going in. And he has that magic to him, and he knows the moment, and he knows that he is going to lead his team to victory. You kind of need that in a franchise star. The first thing that I thought about, though. And apologies to all Sacramento fans, but <laughs> the fact that they traded away a guy that could be one of the faces of the league, it just baffles me at this point. That was yeah. a great performance that he put out on the national stage. He met the moment, and it was not only good for him, it was great for the city of Indianapolis, the state of Indiana, and the league overall. Uh, to have It was like an arrival uh, for the Pacers. Now there was one arrival uh, about on Monday on Monday evening against the uh, Boston Celtics, but I think this was like on a national stage with everybody watching the center of the universe game. He's delivered, and I think that you know everyone is 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 better off for that performance. Yeah, and you talked about that step back. He did do uh, the Dame Time, uh, you know, celebration there. He didn't do the full thing. He didn't actually tap the wrist, but he did look at his wrist. Um, and, you know, he was asked about it after the game, and Halliburton said, quote, for sure I'm a competitor. We put our pants on just the same. Uh, and then Dame was asked about it and called it a sign of respect. Um, so it, was there anything to read into that? I mean, I know KOC was calling him the point god. Was, was this like a passing of the baton type moment uh, from Dame Lillard to Halliburton? Or is it just more of a... You know, Halliburton was saying, this is my time right now. I mean, there's no passing of the torches in the NBA. You got to go ahead and take it. And it remains to be right. seen if the if the torch was taken. But it was a great first start. And I think that that's uh, great for this Pacers team, which is a young team that wants to uh, make some noise in this in this league. Um, they have a great coach in Rick Carlisle. And that was another thing that was, I think was a was a big turning point. The Bucks just got out coached, man. There's, mm-hmm. This is flat, plain and simple. And they got out coached, they got out played, and a big part of that was was Tyrese Halliburton because I think Tyrese Halliburton fits the mold that is perfect for the state of Indiana 
and Indianapolis as a city, right? They feel like they are overlooked. They feel like they are forgotten, not only by the league, but the country at large. And it was Tyrese's time to put the country on notice, and he did. And I think the Dame Lillard uh, celebration was just an extension of that. And I think yeah. that, um, you know, it was it was a fun, fun moment. And we'll see how this, not only that moment, but this, this, uh, this win catapults them, not only for the game on Saturday, the championship game on Saturday, but the, the season uh, beyond. Because I, I really, more I see this in-season tournament, I see it as a, a really good opportunity for young teams to take that next step early because it's a mix of All-Star Weekend and the postseason when you look at the in-season tournament. It's an all-star mm-hmm. weekend atmosphere with all the legends and just like the, the neutral side and all of that. But these guys are competitive and these guys bring the energy when it is uh, crunch time. And for a young team to be able to meet the moment in front of all of these fans in the world watching, that was a big step for the Indiana Pacers and Tyrese Halliburton. Yeah, so they beat the Celtics, they beat the Bucks. When we talk about the Eastern Conference, we obviously talk about those two teams and then the Philadelphia 76ers, obviously the Miami Heat are in that conversation. Do we think that the Pacers are legit contenders at this point in the Eastern Conference? Do we think that they can build build some confidence and end up being one of those teams that can come out and actually win the East? I think that they're one of the teams that's building confidence, I think, by the game. I would not put the contender thing on them just because I just don't want to put too much pressure on them too early. I like, I don't I like your pace. There yet. I think that they're just a really good team that that probably got, got really hot. Um, I think what I do think is in the postseason, they are going to uh, make some noise and probably win some games they're not supposed to because they're so well coached, because they have that confidence that's been building over the last few games. And as you build that over months and months and months and believe you can win, I think that you know they're going to have a, they could have a deep playoff run. Now contending for a title, I think that's a bit too early just because this group hasn't um, seen the postseason just yet. And there's a big difference between, as you notate, the regular season and the postseason. Just from the physicality standpoint, you are uh, getting scouted every day um, in every game on a game-by-game basis. They have to take their lumps through that process. And I think once they do that, um, they'll be in a good place. But I think, you know, I don't, I wouldn't put too much pressure on it just yet. They still need to, they still don't play a lick of defense at this point. They still, they still need to figure out a lot of things on that end of the floor, but they're a confident bunch and they have their star and that's a great start. Yeah, and we got the Shaq moment. I don't know if you saw this because you were actually uh, in the arena. During the TNT broadcast, Shaq uh, called Tyrese Halliburton Trey, um, and then he tried to blame it on the uh, cannabis that was being uh, smoked in the crowd around him. Uh, do we think like the general audience and Shaq himself uh, can now? Do, you, do we think that like Tyrese Halliburton's a household name coming out of this? Is he like in the MVP conversation? Will we all be going back from this tournament and saying you got to talk about Tyrese Halliburton? And if we don't, we actually will be doing a disservice to basketball at large. I do want to see how the season progresses from this, right? Because it is December, right? After all Mm -hmm. this hoopla, it's still only December. And during a normal season, maybe not a normal season, but a season, you know, prior, this would just be the start of the NBA season. It would be a great start to the season. I want to see what he does in January, February, March, as the season continues to progress. This is a great start to a, a really good campaign, but I want to see him finish it through before I make all these grand declarations just because he won a big game on a national scale. He, he, the, 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 the key is to keep showing and proving at this level before you get to the MVPs, the contender status. It's about consistency, and that's what the Pacers need to continue to do. 
Yeah, and Tyrese Halliburton, he he has a great meme going around right now where he said, I'm tired of being a loser. So, uh, you know, right now he is the winner and he's going to go up against the Lakers. Let's talk about the Bucks quickly because they are contenders. They have Dame Lillard. They have Giannis Antetokounmpo. Um, with those two guys, Giannis obviously 37 and 10 in this game. Dame, 24 points. Are we a little concerned at all about this performance from the Bucks side or do we expect them to continue to gel and, and, and be a contender once we get to their prime time of the playoffs? In theory, they should be a contender. They have Damian Lillard. They have Giannis. They need to continue to figure out what their partnership looks like. And that takes time, right? And where they are in sync on any given play. And I don't think that they're there yet right now uh, when it comes to pick and rolls, when it comes to just finding each other without without having verbal communication. And Mm -hmm. when they get to that point, I think they could be a special unit uh, as a tandem. But Right now, they still need to work out the kinks on that. And again, it's December. I don't want to get, I don't want to look too deep into it, but they got to continue to make strides with their partnership and figure out how their partnership is going to last throughout the season. So, um, it's only December. They are a contender. They're still one of the top teams in the Eastern Conference. A lot of teams can do a lot worse than having Giannis and Dame on their team. I think the Bucks will be fine. They got some stuff to figure out though. So there you have it, Logan. I, I I like the the way that you're talking about this. I like your hesitation when it comes to uh, make these declarations. That's what we're supposed to do. We're gonna take a quick break. When we come back, we're gonna make some declarations about LeBron James and this Lakers team because you know that's what everybody wants to do because we're in Vegas right now. So we'll be right back and we'll talk about this Lakers team. Welcome back to Through the Ringer. We're here with Logan Murdoch, who is in the arena, in T-Mobile Arena right now, live from Las Vegas. We just saw the Lakers absolutely destroy the Pelicans. LeBron James, 30 points in 23 minutes. Let's start there. What was it like to see LeBron in this mode um, from the jump in this game? It was interesting because when LeBron wants to be competitive and he turns that on, there's no one in the world that can stop him, man. He mm-hmm. wanted this game from the onset. When he was taking charges on Zion and hitting threes, it was over from the beginning. And I think that's the big difference between when you talk about a Lakers team with you know veteran guys like LeBron and AD, future Hall of Famers, and you see a Pelicans team that's that's double-dutching and fake weight going into contention and not really knowing what they are in this world. You see the difference between two teams. I mean, the Pelicans came out and were absolutely horrendous to start this game. It was an embarrassment to the sport of basketball. And LeBron and AD just tag-teamed and just, just beat them to a pulp. It was really boring to, at, in the second half. That third quarter was an annihilation. It was an embarrassment for the New Orleans Pelicans, and the Lakers should be going to the championship round as they are. And um, they're going to live up to my pick as the uh, champion of this in-season tournament, it seems like. So go, Logan, and you know, we'll see what happens <laughs> with the rest of the, of the tournament. Yeah, go, go, Logan, go, Lakers. Uh, LeBron, 21 first-half points in this one, 30 total, like I said, 4-4 four, four from 3. So that was all good stuff for him. And then afterwards, LeBron was asked about Las Vegas. He, send, you know, he tends to like Las Vegas. He's always there for summer league. He said, quote, hopefully I can bring my franchise here one day. That's the ultimate goal. How do we feel about that? Do we think this is setting the table for LeBron James to be an owner of whatever Las Vegas team ends up coming to the NBA? 
So I'm going to clarify that. He said that actually before the game and Jomi oh, from the, the Ringer's Own. The Ringer's Own, Jomi, asked the question. So shout out to Jomi. We out Jomi. here deep in Vegas. But I, 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 I'm so proud I, of Jomi, by I, the way. Just a, a side tangent. Shout out to Jomi. Isn't Jomi. that what great? Isn't he the GOAT? He's the GOAT. <laughs> yeah, he's, yeah, um, he's working I, on it. In terms of uh, a team in Vegas, one, it's going to happen. I think it's the arms race of who is going to be the owner and ownership group of said team. Now, LeBron wants to do it. Um, it remains to be seen who he's going to partner with, probably the Fenway group. Will they have enough money to uh, get an organization here? Are they going to partner with someone else and be able to get the capital and the arena built to be able to um, house an NBA franchise? That remains to be seen. But the the big thing is Vegas is coming to the NBA. I mean, Vegas is going to mm-hmm. be here. It, it makes too much sense not to. With the gambling laws the way they are right now and just the overall interest in the sports boom, that is happening here in Vegas. It makes complete sense for Vegas to have a National Basketball Association franchise. It is happening it just as a matter of when and who is going to own the team. Yeah, and uh, you have the Aces there already, and the Aces are basically a super team in the WNBA. So you already have pedigree there in Las Vegas when it comes to basketball products. So the NBA is happy about that market, and they'd obviously be happy to have LeBron James be a part of it in some capacity. Now I have the million-dollar question for you, Logan. Um, who wins the in-season tournament? We got the Pacers, who everybody has fallen in love with. We got the Lakers, who are the supreme blue blood of the NBA. If you had to guess right now, is are you going to line up with your original pick? Are you going to take the Lakers? to win this game? I'm going to take the Lakers, but I am curious to see what the Pacers do in this type of environment, right? Like, this is a team that seems to seize on the big moments, and that's the difference between a team like, let's say, I don't know, the Sacramento Kings, right, who Mm -hmm. are ascending, but when it's time to win a game so far in their young time, has not won the right games, whereas the Pacers have seemed to win the right games when the spotlight is on them. Now, yep. the spotlight will be on the the Pacers. I do wonder what how they're going to come. I don't think they're going to do a better job than the Pelicans did against the Lakers, but ultimately I'm going to pick the Lakers to win the mid-season tournament. Just because, like I said today, when LeBron wants to turn it on and be that competitive person, there's no one on this planet that can match that. And I think that he really wants to win the season tournament. He, he, he put it in his mind very early. Once he got close to it, oh, we're going to win this thing. And I think that's going to hold true um, on Saturday evening. Yeah, I like that pick. And uh, these teams have not played each other this season, so we don't have any tape to see how they actually match up with each other. So it will be a fun game. will be an interesting game. Logan, one more thing before I let you go. We got Nelly. We got TLC, um, you know, leading into the game. Did you watch any of the concert? And if you did, did you have thoughts? I mean, it was basically like an NBA versus. They, they had like Allie LaForce out I'm, there being like, who do we like, what, Nelly man? or do we like TLC? <laughs> You know, I was I was hella mad because for some reason I thought it was going to be on the court. I don't know yeah. why I was thinking that it was going to be on the court. And I was like, well, when is it going to happen? And I didn't get to see it. They were like, no, <laughs> it was outside. And I was like, damn, well, I don't know. But in the, in the I'm not going to lie. I think I'm going to pick. I don't know. I have no idea. I, I just want to see <laughs> yeah. it. I'm just mad that I didn't see it. I have no idea I, what I, I'm going to pick because I love both of them. They both got bangers. I don't know what to say. Right. But, you know, shout out to both of them. Shout out to both of them. I don't think it should have been a versus situation. Um, Nelly did a great no, job. TLC did a great job. why would you want to do that? 
I, I, I don't I want to pit them against each other. For the FanDuel yeah, audience please. and through the Ringer yeah. audience. I just have a hot take real quick. Let's end the verses, <laughs> yeah. bro. That was a pandemic right. thing. Ain't nobody trying yeah. to see all that stuff, man. We're just trying to see the hits. We're just trying to see the hits. We're not trying to see nobody compete with each other. We're just yeah. trying to see the hits. Who's going to open and who's going to close? Forget the verses. That's a thing of the past. Old news. Get up out of here. Yeah, and that Stop was a weird home. Old stuff. Yeah, stop copy and paste and shout out to Diggy back in the day. Uh, thanks for watching. This has been Through the Ringer. Logan Murdoch, where can we find all your amazing work before you get out of here? You can find me on X or whatever the hell they call it at <laughs> Logan M. Murdoch. You can also find me on Threads or whatever the hell they call it at Logan M. Murdoch. You can find me on Instagram at, right. or whatever the hell they call it on at Logan M. Murdoch. I'm around. Y'all know the vibe and catch me at the Ringer. Um, and then also catch us real ones. I just met Raja in Vegas. Catch real yes. ones Mondays and Thursdays. You know where to go. Ringer NBA show. We tapped in. Shout out to Tate. Yeah, appreciate you, Lurgan Murdoch. Uh, go listen to Real Ones. It's a great podcast. They do a great job. And uh, this has been a fun show. We got to have you back. Thanks to everybody for watching Through the Ringer. And we will see you next week with Cousin Sap. We'll see you then.